welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete, and joining me is... Diane! Hey, happy 75, Diane. Wow, I look good for 75. (laughs) (laughs) I meant our podcast. Yeah, it's just flying by. It is. So, what do you think? Are you excited? I am. We have absolutely no plans to make this a special episode. No. Oh, gosh. If you want to see a special episode, go find the 50th episode. There you go. <laughs> we did a really good 50th episode. <laughs> I actually don't remember if we did, but I'm assuming we did. I think so. I don't remember. I love all these really long, awkward pauses you're taking. This is great. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to go. I just I didn't know you were going to go that way at the beginning. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, what are you wearing to go about? Uh, what happened today? Yes. So... If you tuned into the last episode, you may have heard, I believe we mentioned that you are going to have an interview today. This is the first time, well, not the first time, you've done other interviews, but your first time really doing an interview for a a job, I guess a permanent type job, a nine to fiver. Yeah. like Not a a co-op, not... Yeah, not a co-op, not an in-between things. Like, this is the real deal. This is, I have finished school and I need to go be employed for a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we normally, you know, don't use real names or real companies. So, cool. how do you want to, yeah. how do you want to phrase this? I will not use names or companies. I will say, I think, I think I can say what the position is. Okay. So the position was for an instructional design specialist, which is a huge mouthful um, to mean someone who works in the education setting and basically helps uh, teachers or educators or people that need to do kind of training, uh, helps them to be the most effective at engaging their participants in the learning. It sounds almost like something that I could be doing, though, instructional design. Um, yes, it can be. I guess it's more about the instruction than it is about the design. Yes. Yeah. And by design, we're not necessarily necessarily speaking to like graphic design that you would do. Yeah, it's not visual. No. I mean, part of it might be like designing an effective PowerPoint presentation, Mm. um, but certainly not to the level that you do. But at the same time, we'd focus more on relevant uh, research or techniques that make teaching effective. Okay. Itself. Yeah. You've kind of already done a bit of this in your lab. Like you, you, we've always been saying that you're in a lab, but you also work with a profit at your university and you have also done some TA courses and you also did a course about learning how to teach better or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right on. Look at that. I remember stuff. Um, yeah. So in addition to my TA experience, I took uh, one course at York that gave me kind of foundational knowledge in teaching practices. And then I took a second full year course that basically where I was the person giving the workshops on how to be a better teacher. So taking all that I had learned and making workshops for other people. Mm-hmm. So that is more kind of the educational developer experience that I was working on um, and talking a lot about uh, for this during this job interview that I had. Great. So what do you want? What do you want to talk about? Do you want me to just ask you questions or what? Like we said, let's pod. Let's let's talk about this. Let's do this live. Like you just came back from it basically earlier today. Mm-hmm. You wanted to talk so much about it. You're very excited. Yes. And then I said, let's eat dinner first. So we totally put a, a pause button on it. And it's like, now, here we are. We're continued. Are you still excited? Yes. Still want to get your thoughts on it as well. Okay. Um, I can start off with kind of my first impressions or how I thought it went. Sure. And maybe go through some of the questions that they asked me. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I thought it went pretty well. I mean, I guess we'll find out if I get a call back or not. Um, but I thought that I had a really decent answer for all of the questions that they were asking me. Um, I didn't think I paused too long. Um, I think I came up with things that were very related to the job that I was applying for. Um, and I guess I felt that I did another interview a year ago, um, 
for a position as a instructor or professor at a college. And I felt that I kind of stumbled through some of those questions. Like they were kind of asking things like, what is your greatest accomplishment? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> to this interview. Yeah. How do, how do I articulate that? Um, but now I think I've, um, that was good practice. Um, and considerably gotten better at it. So I think, I think it went well answering the questions this time. You said that after you finished your interview, you wrote down some of these questions. I did. Yeah. Um, did you write them down because they challenged you or because you're like, wow, I could probably do that better or just like, oh, these were some cool questions that I want to share with Pete. I think I just wrote them down because I wanted to take kind of an inventory of how things went so that later on when I was perhaps going through this again, I could look back and see what kind of questions people asked and what my answers were and maybe how I could answer them better. Okay. That sort of thing. So what do you got? Um, and also just because I think I had some really good answers to some of the questions. So I almost feel like I want to look back and be like, oh yeah, that's a good answer. Go me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just um, seeing this now. That's, that's a lot of writing. You yeah, because like paragraphs. Because I was writing what the question was, but then also like what my response was to it. Mm. Um, so I think an interesting one was, let's see. So one of the ones that kind of they threw at me that I was not stumped with, but I was like, whoa. They asked me, what are the three main things that teachers in higher ed uh, in that field need to focus on? What are like the three higher main things? Higher education, you mean? Yeah, higher, edu- higher education. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think they need to focus on? Like, what should be their top three prior- priorities? Um, is this referring to the teacher or the institution? The teacher. Um, I guess reaching their audience would be one. Yeah. Like, I... Okay, number one, I was like, I don't think there's three. I think there's, like, ten. <laughs> oh, nice answer. <laughs> well, I didn't say that, but that was going through my mind. I was like, oh. well, I've got to answer this question. I've got to give them three. So what are some big three that I think I could impress them with, but also kind of use them to talk positively about what I thought about teaching, I guess. Okay. Um, so I said, the first one I said is they need to make their material applicable to the real world. Because okay. it's a health-related field. That was the question. Is it need to be a health-related field? Okay. Um, and I feel that if you're going to take some kind of health education, it should all be applicable to a real-life situation. Because chances are you're trying to get into um, a health-related profession where you're working with patients. And you will need to apply your information every day. Mm-hmm. So I felt that that was something important. Rather than just dish them out information that they needed to memorize and... It makes Forget it more later. relatable and interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and then the second one, I said they had to engage their students more. Yeah. More. It's called active learning. Now, engagement is mm-hmm. a term that's used very loosely all the time. Yeah. But, like, what does that actually mean? What do you do to engage your students? Um, so, yeah, I specifically phrased it as they should use more active learning strategies because those are strategies used to engage their students. Um So things like, you know, facilitating discussions or having debates or having them write papers that they peer review um, or using case studies. I like using case studies. I think they're fun. Um, Just stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think back. I know I had some really good profs that would do kind of, you know, more hands on demonstrations. Um, But then I had some really terrible profs that just stood at the front of the room and lectured and assumed that we would just gather all the information yeah. in that manner. Yeah. And there's the profs that have like the really meticulous slides where everything is written on it and they just like speak it mm-hmm. the whole time. Or they read it to you. Yeah. You're like, this is great. I, <laughs> and then you could just like download the slides and, yep. and leave the class. Basically. Yep. I'm so glad I'm spending $2,000 for you to read me material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a strong one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then my last one was, I think they need to be better at assessment, um, like how they grade students, because I think that really dictates how they learn and what strategies they take to learn. And I know that this is 
can be extremely difficult because a lot of people are in these 500 to 1,000 person classes mm. and having really cool assessments just isn't possible yeah. based on what resources the teachers have. Um, so yeah, so that kind of sucks. Um, and then they kind of had a follow-up to that, keep me on my toes and being like, well, what is an example that you can think of? Yeah, and I was like, oh boy. That. Um, and I had an example, so, good. um, that was good. Um, yeah. Uh, I found a lot of questions really interestingly. I answered them with experiences from my time in the lab as a PhD student. And I know that this is my most recent kind of work experience or experience. Um, but I just kept going back to it because there are just so many good examples. Uh, like there was, uh, how do you deal with conflict? What steps do you take to deal with conflict? Yeah. Challenging um, people. Yeah. And they wanted like specific examples, like what, like who would you talk to? How would you pr approach it? What would you do? That kind of thing. Um, one of the question was, Name a time when something didn't go according to plan and how ah. you dealt with the repercussions. And I'm there thinking, oh my goodness, this happens all the time in graduate work because you have this master plan of what you want to do and study. And then you get these null results and you kind of think, wow, that was fun. <laughs> what do we do now? That's interesting. That's a question that, that I get too. So there are some mm -hmm. that kind of, they go to all kind of jobs, I guess. Um, Applicable. Yeah. Um, conflict, uh, name an example of collaboration. Yeah. Lab stuff all the time. Um, yeah. They ask you, do you like working more in a group or by yourself? They did not ask me that. I guess that doesn't really work in that field. Eh? Um, I think there's, um, a bit of maybe kind of independent initiative, um, involved, in graduate work or in kind of working for a company and some team-based stuff. Um, but they didn't focus on that. That was actually something at the very end, they asked me if there was um, anything else that I thought they should know. Mm. And I brought up my teamwork. Mm -hmm. um, I also brought up my project management skills um, because I knew that was one of the things that they put on their, you know, ideal qualifications yeah. list. Yeah. Um, and I kind of mentioned, you know, I'm able to work on multiple projects at the same time. And I feel like that would be a useful skill because I may be helping various faculty at the same time um, and not just working kind of one-on-one -on -one and only on that project. Uh, so I think that was good. And then I brought up that I'm kind of a lifelong learner. So I'm always interested in learning um, new things, which I think would also be helpful if I was ever given um, or faculty ever, ever came to me um, with a problem, uh, addressing a problem in a subject that I'm not familiar with. Like if someone came up to me and was like, so I'm having problems with my physics class, <laughs> making it exciting. I'll be like, I don't know anything about physics, but let's see what I can do with this. Yeah. Um, and I brought up the example of how I learned to play hockey <laughs> nice. as an adult, which they thought was cool. <laughs> ah. So I think like all of these, smart. all my little stories were working very well for me. Um, I think something else that was really funny is I've spent, um, not a lot of time during my PhD, but it comes up often where I need to help my professor with certain technological issues, mm. like, uh, our referencing manager program is not working anymore or, um, I upgraded my, Excel. I upgraded Excel. I can't find the buttons. Yeah. Uh, we have to submit these figures at a certain resolution. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Um, so I brought that up and I think that was a helpful point to bring up and they asked me to elaborate more on it because I think you end up doing that a lot sometimes with faculty because they have online platforms for classes now and a lot of faculty may not be familiar with that, especially if they're coming from, you know, like a health setting and they are a clinician, not a teacher, um, or not someone trained to be a teacher, but they're trained to teach about their field. And so now they have to come in and teach a group of students and they have this online environment they're supposed to work with and create lectures. Um, so I think it was a good point for me to say that I can play that role and I've done that before. Hmm. So there's a question yeah. on here that's really fascinating. Maybe. Okay. What is Moodle? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds like uh, so. some new app that's like trending right now. It's like where you doodle, but it makes cow noises or something. I don't know. 
I don't know where the name came from, but it's an online course environment. Really? Yeah. So some people use something called Blackboard, which is another online course environment, which is a name that's a little bit more Mm -hmm. linked. Uh, But at York, we use Moodle. So I mentioned that I had some familiarity using Moodle and posting slides and using the discussion forum and that kind of thing. Um, So that was also helpful. And I feel like a lot of these online systems are very similar. It's just how they're oriented or set up would be a little bit different. That's true. Um, Yeah. So I think saying that I was familiar with one is helpful, even if I'm not familiar with the particular one that they're using. Yeah. It's usually how I would phrase it too. Mm -hmm. Like they would say, like the job I'm at now, currently using this program for email uh, transfer, sending things out. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've used two or three of them, not that one. But I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. I mean, I know how to send. I know how to look at data. I understand what a bounce is and what an unsubscribe list is. Like, you kind of know the data and the general work through, whether you click on the left or the right and the buttons are yellow instead of red. doesn't really matter. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as it has the same tools. You can generally, you figured out one, you can figure out another one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I was there for about an hour um, answering all of these questions. And then I had some questions too, just kind of like, you know, as you said, instructional design specialist sounds like it could be very vague. Mm -hmm. And I think in different places, its role could be very different. So I just wanted to know kind of like, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Like, what does it look like? Um, Yeah. And that was actually a fairly um, lengthy answer because it's not always um, the same. And, you know, do you have a lot of your work concentrated in certain times during the year? Like a lot of um, schools would maybe have more of their fall and winter semesters full and then summers much easier. Um, Yeah, I guess that that kind of thing. So I had some questions, too, that um, I'm sure like showed my interest in what was going on and gave me more information about the job and what it could possibly be. I think that's one of those like twist uh, ending kind of ants twist. Like it's like one of their tricks, I think. Where they say, do you have any questions mm. about us? Because I think they want you to say something. Yes, definitely. And that's your opportunity to show, yeah, I did research about you guys. And I did the same thing. Like, I checked out their website and I was like, yeah, I was really curious about this. Why do you guys do it this way? And then they'd be like, oh, we didn't even know that was broken or something. It's like, did you realize this? And it's like, I could fix that very quickly <laughs> for you. I was just curious why you were doing it that mm-hmm. way. Um, so it does, it gives you an opportunity to learn more about them, but also show that you have an interest in them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of their tricks. So always Mm -hmm. prepare some questions to ask them and don't be afraid to, because I remember my first interviews, I would never be like, I'm good. (laughs) And uh, then I wonder why I wouldn't get a call back. Mm -hmm. No, it was definitely one of the tricks that I learned as a co-op student at Waterloo is you should always have questions. You should always show your interest in the position of some kind. And I used to sometimes have some questions prepared and they'd go over them and I'd be like, oh no, what am I going to (laughs) ask? But if you are interested in the position, something will come up during the interview that you want to ask. So, Uh um, yeah. So I think, I don't know. I felt pretty good about it. Um, basically the next step is if I were selected for the next round of interviews, I would get a call back um so much like how you went through you had a phone interview and then an in-person and then another in-person interview and then one more in person and then one more in person yeah so i feel like this is kind of the same thing where there's kind of multiple in-person interviews with different people um so i guess we'll wait and see what happens um i think it would be a cool job to have yeah to get so it's it's a contract. Yes, it is a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I guess I feel like that would be a really good start. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess I'm feeling like normally people in these kind of instructional design positions or educational developer positions where you're a support person for helping to design good training materials. Mm. Um, Normally they have master's degrees specifically in education, 
whereas I have a PhD in a completely different field and I took courses in this area of study. Right. So I think getting some experience as actually this person in this position um, would be really great for me. Um, I'm also starting out. So, you know, still kind of exploring, seeing what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Trying to figure out if this is something I would like. So I think that is also a good kind of in. Um, And I feel like I would be very well suited to kind of um, a health-related field, um, doing this kind of job in a health-related field, because I could do this kind of job in a more, in a different corporate setting, like banks advertise them all the time. Hmm. Um, or places like, you know, Walmart or Home Depot would have, um, instructional design specialists. Interesting. And while that would be like the job, I think I would be more suited in an environment where I kind of understand their background a little bit more. So is there anything sciencey about this job? Or is it just all about the teaching? Um, it's just all about the teaching. Huh. Yes. That is interesting. So it would be a complete deviation from carrying on in research of any kind. Hmm. But again, like this is a year, this is a good way to sort of taste. Because I remember you were talking a while ago, oh, do I want to go into research or do I want to go into teaching? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's hard to just choose one and drop the other, right? So here's an opportunity to really test the waters, right? And I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot, just kind of in lead up to this interview, is I'm kind of at a place where I need to um, learn something else. And either that is go to a different lab and learn, whoops, and learn a different lab technique or learn how to apply what I know in a different lab setting or I go oh sorry or (laughs) so into this (laughs) or I go and I learn and gain experience in this teaching setting and I feel you're still like giggling about me like smacking the microphone (laughs) running into it yeah you're just really passionate it's great yeah so I feel like I'm kind of at that juncture of where where do I go with this and I really don't like when people say are you done with research it just feels like so final and if I don't want to answer that question and also I feel like just because I'm not a researcher in a lab does not mean that my brain will not be thinking like that for the rest of my life absolutely does not mean that I'm not going to read something scientific and just kind of take it as fact and not critically analyze what I'm reading or what they did or how they found those things or that I'm going to, you know, go to the doctor and they're going to say, well, you have such and such going on. Like I'm going to want to know what that is and be asking questions and be figuring out what's going on. Um, so I don't know, I guess some people could feel like I've done all this training to be like a lab person and that's just all going to be like, eh, whatever. Hmm. No, I didn't even think about that. Oh, okay. Obviously, this has been on my mind because yeah. <laughs> I'm ready I'm, I'm to like spew out about it. I'm very used to the idea of like transitional skills, I think they call it. Because mm-hmm. like when I went to school, at first I was just working on an English degree. And mm-hmm. then I was so excited after I completed my major basically in English. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can also do visual arts. I really love visual arts. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it's like going to a different school but it was all the same university then I just did a whole major of visual arts so I had ended up with a double major but uh, my interest in those visual arts and a lot of what I do now is all based on me being in a band and Mm -hmm. uh, a rock star band where I had to make the designs for our album I had to you know do some recording work in it uh, made our own music video built our website you know all those interests just to do that one thing Mm -hmm. became my interest and my focus for what I do now professionally, which is crazy, except for the music part. (laughs) The music part is now the hobby, uh, which Mm -hmm. is really fun too. But I mean, professionally, I'm doing graphic design now and web design and production and stuff like that. Video editing, audio work, a lot of audio work, actually. So it's like, you know, did I give up on being in the band? Yeah. See, that was I good. don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Would people have said, oh, so you're just quitting the band now? You're just quitting music? It's like, no. <laughs> no, because I'm still in a band. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting conversation if this goes forward with my prof in terms of like, 
okay, are we really done with research research now? Mm. And me kind of thinking like, I guess so. <laughs> he's, just, he's just guilt tripping you. He just doesn't want you to leave. Um, yeah, and I think he just like, he recognizes I have good skills and would like to see me, I guess, use them. But I feel like the way that science is moving right now, I would need to like significantly up my game and learn some new techniques because we're, it's just moving so fast in the amount of things that you can do now. Um, and the amount of things you need to do to put together a really good paper for some of these big journals. And I just think, um, like I need to learn a lot more than, than what we do. I think things have advanced so far. Um, and I think there are other people that could put that time in and do that and be willing to travel very far away to do it and gain all those skills and then be totally willing to be somewhere completely else and be a full-time prof. Someone I read recently had moved to the University of Saskatchewan in Regina. They're just setting up shop there. They got tools? Like, that's the other thing I was thinking is you need to go somewhere almost expensive if you want to be on the tip of technology. Yeah, like most people, when they do postdocs, they go to these big institutions in the United States, like the National Institute of Health, Um, somewhere like that. And I just don't think I would thrive very well in that environment because I'm such a kind of quieter person. And I... Are you really? Sometimes. (laughs) I don't see you that way. I just don't see me going somewhere and me kind of being all like, well, number one, I don't even know what I would study or what I want to explore further. So I think that's kind of an indication that perhaps that's not where I should be going. Um, I guess so. But if you were to go there, you Mm -hmm. would have been studied up before you'd show up on day one. It's not like you to just come in and be like, I have no plans. I'm just quiet. I'm going to sit in the corner. Yes. But I think to to be a researcher, you have to be a little bit tenacious. And that is a word that does not really, I don't think, describe me. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, I think that's probably a good thing, though. Yeah. Like that personality you're talking about, I probably wouldn't get along with. Yeah. I feel like I've done very well in my role in my lab where my prof has an idea and I bring it to life. But me being the person with ideas and being the one going after money and being the one to kind of build my program, that I don't see that as my role. Uh, You know what? I'm getting a bit of that at my my job too because I think with my interviews and stuff, I Mm -hmm. came across as such like a a legendary thinker or developer of great <laughs> ideas, which is true. And it happened yeah, yeah. over time. But yeah. I think they think that I am that kind of a personality where I have all these ideas and I'm, I'm constantly coming up with new things. Mm-hmm. Cause there, there's been many times where my, my boss is like, will you just tell us what you think we should be doing with this idea? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what you guys do yet. Right. Like, well, yeah. And you, I don't have a plan <laughs> for how you should run your business. I'm the new guy. And I think you've only just gotten your network all set up. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have a, t- a couple stories that I'll share later, but let's let's uh, let's continue with this. Um, do you want to talk about the uh, uncomfortable question? Oh yeah, that was fun. Um, so I realized kind of early on in my research, this was funny. I was telling a lab mate of mine how I figured this out. Um, so in the email where they said when my interview would be and at what time, I was given a list of names of people who would be there. Very handy. Um, yes. So naturally, I looked them up on LinkedIn. Let me find out about who these people are and what their roles are. And I also looked them up kind of on the website for the mm-hmm. institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up this one person on Marcia. LinkedIn. Uh, Marsha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Marsha on LinkedIn. And Marsha happened to have the exact job title that I was applying for. Interesting. And Marsha was female. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marsha had also attended the University of Windsor approximately four years before I attended my university. So I'm kind of doing some math. Like okay. this is someone who's approximately four years older than me sure. um, of childbearing age. <laughs> and I'm filling in for a one year contract. <laughs> yep. Um, So I kind of put two and two together and thought this is probably a parental leave Mm -hmm. that I'm covering. So, and when I got there, there's indeed a pregnant woman. Um, And so there came up. How far along is she? um, Do you think, if you were to guess? I want to say 
seven months. So this kind of gives you an idea of when they're looking for someone to start. Yes. Right? <laughs> and they did mention that they were looking to fill the position like as soon as possible. Oh boy. So I didn't know if they wanted some overlap with her or if she's further along than I thought. It's really hard to tell, um, but she's definitely showing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess what I wanted to get at is with one of the questions I asked is whether I was essentially just kind of taking over her role for a year or whether there were specific areas that they wanted me to focus or wanted me to support people on. I guess when I was originally thinking about the job before I did any of this pre-looking up, one of my questions was kind of like, well, why would they only have someone on contract for a year? Like, to be an instructional designer and help faculty develop their teaching, you would want someone like that around for quite a period of time, not just kind of jump in for a year and then leave. Um, so once I figured out this whole mat leave scenario, then I was kind of thinking, well, I probably just will fill in that role. I probably won't have any specific areas that they'll really want me to focus on, but I still wanted to ask that. And I guess it didn't come across as me asking, (laughs) is there an area that I should like, is there an area that I would be focusing on with this job? And it kind of, I guess I was kind of asking, um, the person who had the role and the director this question and they kind of turned it to the person from HR that was there mm. as if I was kind of like awkwardly asking, is this just a mat leave fill-in? Mm. <laughs> Which is not really my question. And he was kind of like fumbling for a bit because wow. I guess he felt that he wasn't allowed to say that it was a parental leave for some reason. I don't know. I just got this weird vibe and I kind of said, no, no, what I mean is, is there a specific area of teaching that you are looking for support or is it generally taking the role as a whole and doing exactly what Marsha mentioned the job was about? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what that was all about. A little bit odd. Like, are you not allowed to say that this is a job that's filling in for a parental leave? Is that just kind of I don't know. not good to mention? Like, I know it's a one-year contract. You clearly have not in any way stated that there's a possibility for this to be extended. Yeah. So I'm... I have a pretty good idea that this is a firm one year. Like, why can't we just come out and say that it's a parental leave and that's the situation? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Anyways, that was kind of Mm -hmm. an interesting scenario. And I think we moved on for it and we were fine. Yeah. See, I just recently went through something like that at my workplace. Um, I was starting and there was another person I was working next to and Mm -hmm. she was filling in for uh, someone else. And as her term ended, I was getting the, I was feeling really bad for her because everyone's like, oh, you're almost done. You're almost done. Almost like, and, and also we're really excited when Marsha comes back. Oh yeah. Because, oh, it'll be so great when we see Marsha. We're going to have a party for when Marsha returns. (laughs) And I'm just like looking at the replacement, the Mm -hmm. temp going like, this is kind of rude. Yeah. And a lot of conversations with me as well about like, oh, you're starting here and getting benefits and all that. And I would ask her about it. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm only temp here, so I don't have any of those things. Yeah. And I feel bad afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is a bit of a weird, uncomfortable thing. But I remember talking to my su- superior about it. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, well, she signed up for a, a temp one year. She knew it was going to end. So I, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything from her that she wanted to continue employment in mm-hmm. another field so i don't know why you would think she would be upset about it so i don't know if i was just being overly sensitive yeah sensitive or aware of other people's emotions but i thought it was a very strange kind of situation well i think even if you know that it's kind of like a one-year thing and you are slated to leave kind of being around that person and explicitly saying we're so excited for the other person to come back (laughs) kind of makes it sound as if she's just been terrible the whole time and they really didn't like her. And I think that can be a bit insensitive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I'm fully aware that it's a year and I'll do my best. I think me going in as a year as just a year or two, I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job and I probably don't want to be stepping on anybody else's toes either. Like someone else has the full-time position. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So maybe that's the thing is, I mean, I didn't really understand your question you were giving even now when you tried to explain it. Okay. Is maybe they thought you were talking too much above what you're being offered. Maybe. 
Yeah. Maybe it came off as, is there a chance for me to extend this beyond a year? Is there a way I can like do more with this? Maybe. I, I don't know though. I'm not sure how they interpreted that. I'm not sure. Anyways. Yeah. So it is a kind of something else that I've been thinking a lot about too, mm-hmm. is we just booked some time away in oh, yeah. March to go visit, um, my friend who's mm-hmm. moved away and we kind of had this great plan and it was going to work out well because I just have my contract with the lab and my supervisor is fine with me taking a week off. And I feel like we really need it and deserve it because, you know, you did your time at your position to get past the uh, probationary period or mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, I didn't we didn't take any time off really last year because I was trying to finish my Ph.D. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this one year contract position, I don't get vacation time per se i get vacation pay included in my paycheck yeah but i don't get thing to just bring out and so say i don't, to you, you get don't vacation get time, time well i asked them about it oh. i asked them what the compensation worked out to oh yes that's ballsy um well first interview i think i was just trying to and i phrased it afterwards i was just kind of saying like this is one of my first interviews. Mm. I would just like to know kind of straight out, you know, what is offered to a one-year contract person because mm. I have never done an interview for this type of position. So I was really, this is just a curiosity-based yeah. question. I would just like all the facts on the table nice. ahead of time. So I think that kind of rescued it. Um, and I think they were also trying to backtrack a little bit too because when the guy said well benefits wise you don't get any and vacation wise you don't get any (laughs) and then the other two people there were trying to say like oh but it's such a great opportunity to work in this kind of environment because there'd be so many different things that you could do and you could lead workshops and you could attend these things and they would all be free and you know (laughs) you'd get you'd get all the statutory holidays okay that's good is this near the end of the interview yes it was this is this is when i was asking questions they're at least interested then because they didn't want to be scared off yeah it seemed to be um and so that was that was fine um so i think if this moves forward though i'm going to need to ask more questions more questions and ask about this week because i don't want to cancel the trip with my friend it's important that i go visit her this is a one-year contract so it isn't a permanent position yeah um and i want to see how much i can work with that if it comes to that point i may get a call back and they'll say sorry we found somebody else that was more qualified yeah and then it's not even worth losing sleep over yeah so um, i think until that happens i'll bring it up i think i need to bring it up probably at one of the next rounds so we don't get to a point where it's kind of like great you're hired <laughs> and i have to say hey <laughs> just want to mention <laughs> I'm going to be conveniently sick on this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won't give it to me? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like you took my advice very well, and I'm glad that it, I got through to you because you were very nervous about this at first or just anxious maybe. And I, I think a good piece of advice I gave you is remember it's not just you being interviewed by them. You're interviewing them as well because mm-hmm. th- they're – want a specific great person and i know you want to be the great perfect person Mm -hmm. for them but don't forget that they need to wow you too right like Mm -hmm. if this company is no good even if they're like oh you're perfect and we'll Mm -hmm. take you Mm -hmm. and then they say well no benefits no Mm -hmm. vacation Mm -hmm. uh no coffee no no extra development like you're getting nothing from this no fun no Mm -hmm. anything we're boring Mm -hmm. we we are not fun uh, you're allowed to say, well, you know, you're not good for me either. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you have taken that. And I guess that's why you got a little ballsy with your questions, which is cool. <laughs> well, I think it's a legitimate question that I would like to know about. Oh, for sure. That's all. It's not like, how much vacation do I get? <laughs> it was phrased as, what is the compensation for someone working a one-year contract? Yeah. Um, so I tried to phrase it that way. Um, so when I left, they definitely said, you know, very nice to meet you. And seemed very sincere to that point. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I definitely think that was a really good experience to, to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty solid. You going to sleep well now? Um, yes, You've I am. You've done all that you can? I have done all that I can. It's going to be in your brain the whole time anyway? You rethink all your questions and your answers? No, and- I think I was actually pretty tired after it because I think, you know, 
talking that intensely for a period of time is pretty intense. How long was um, it? It was an hour. Like yeah, when I left, was it was like an 11. hour and a half too. I felt like that was yeah. a good sign. Um, I think so. And I think if you're having conversations and they're asking specific follow-up questions, mm-hmm. that that's good. Like that it's not just like, that's good. Thanks. That's good. Like, well, I think not... we're about done here. Yeah. Um, do you have any yeah. other questions? No. Okay. No. Well, yeah. it was nice meeting you. Yeah. So I got it like, was yeah. nice meeting you. <laughs> um, that means you're done. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that was good. And I didn't really feel, I mean, maybe like a touch nervous and kind of the elevator ride up. It was a little bit silent and I was like, oh God, I should probably think of some small talk. And I was like, whatever. He probably just thinks I'm nervous and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, going back down, we were much more chatty. Um, so I think that was fine. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, why are we that? going to the 11th floor? <laughs> oh, yeah. How about that local sports team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that that was that was it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you know roughly when you'll hear anything? I mean, they said ASAP, so I imagine. Yeah. So they said that um, they would get back to me within a week um, or maybe two uh, with regards to a follow-up interview. Um, I think this, I get the feeling that this HR person is dealing with a number of different job openings right now Mm. um, because he kept... He confused which school I went to and Mm. there's a lot going on. Um, So I feel like, you know, they'll get to it when they get to it. Um, The nice thing is that the HR person said they would call whether or not it was good or bad news or like a a callback or not, um, which I think would be good because it's always just nice just to know. (laughs) It's true. And just to like to know it's a no would be great. And even at that point, you can even say, is there anything in particular that... I was lacking or that didn't go very well. You really didn't like that question um, about uh, her being pregnant. Yeah. What were you insinuating by that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't feel, I know that them as HR cannot ask me if I'm pregnant or yeah. what my marital status is or anything like that. But when the woman is sitting there and she's clearly pregnant, yeah. <laughs> like the jig is up. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's... We're just going to ignore this. That's good. That's very good. <laughs> the jig is up. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I wasn't asking like, anything super personal. If that only described this episode well, that, I would make that our title. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, Awesome. Well, good job. Thanks, babe. Um, at the very least, you know, you got great interview experience mm-hmm. out of it. So. Definitely. Take that as it as it is. And I think some of those questions, like how you deal with conflict and how you collaborate, and a lot of those questions are questions that would come up in other interviews too. So mm-hmm. it is good to get used to answering them. So you've uh, you've really filled this episode. I have. I we're, feel like this should be the episode. <laughs> we're pretty done, but I still want to share a story with you. Okay, for I sure. Share a story. Excellent. Um, and it'll be short. So this is good because I was thinking I didn't have enough content. Um, but you took care of that. I wanted to share a short story about my workplace with the person who returned from maternity leave. So let's talk about Marsha okay. at my workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working for about six months and four months just on my own with the temp. The temp goes away. And then uh, Marsha comes back mm-hmm. and she's trying to like launch right back into the way she used to do things. Okay. So some things have changed. Oh, okay. In the year she's been gone, mm-hmm. and some things I have changed in the six months I have been there. Okay. So there's this bit of a conflict going on. Mm, right? Okay. Um, but there is some funny things that she does sometimes, and we'll have a joke about it, right? Okay. Now you know Marcia; she's got hair that's like kind of flying all over the place. Yes, right? it's curly and yeah, yeah. Yep. And she's a new mother, so she mm-hmm. looks like she's like a zombie most of the time and <laughs> half asleep, which <laughs> is why when she gets kind of lippy at me, I kind of just go, "Well, you know what? You're tired. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get offended by this." But it's very funny. So I was making this banner, and you're gonna have to help me with this because it is an audio podcast. Okay. So this is a banner to an email that I've developed. Okay. Um. It's just going to be for a general survey email. Cool. I'm just showing the image right now to mm-hmm. you, Diane. Um, I would describe it as a, a woman in a professional business suit speaking to someone else. 
um, in an office space, and it says, help us improve our service to you. So obviously, it's a good header for a survey. Yes, I would say that that is an accurate description of what you're showing me. Okay. <laughs> now, the weird thing is, I've shown it to her, and she's like, well, she picks up the weirdest thing. She's kind of like Seinfeld. She's like, well, why does she look like a homeless person? <laughs> I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, would you say this person looks like a homeless person? No. She's like, her hair's all unkept and all over the place. Okay. And I was like, what? but you, you, yeah, I'm confused. And I don't want to say, but you look that way. I, I can't say you look like a homeless mm-hmm. person. I'm just like, huh? Mm-hmm. And she's like, and her, she's got wrinkles in her shirt. And I don't see that. I mean, okay, yeah, good. You're, you're moving right into an inch away from the picture because you can't see it, right? No. And honestly, the folds that you can see in the shirt, maybe if you look very closely, I would say that those are folds indicative of this person kind of leaning over and pointing at the thing she's pointing at. Yeah. Not like random wrinkles from scrunching your shirt up and then throwing it back on. Okay. So at this <laughs> point, I was like, okay, that is just very strange. And then she decided to have a poll. So she asked other people in the room. I was like, well, what do you think? Can you see the wrinkles on their shirt? And they're like, what? <laughs> or her hair. Do you find it all like unkempt or something? Mm-hmm. So it's like, she's like, it's like, she's not trying very hard. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> let me give you my perspective on this. What I liked about this photo is it doesn't look like a stock photo because there's a lot of stock photos that it has this overly made up woman mm-hmm. who seems way too young to be a, a business professional or whatever mm-hmm. and doesn't look like they know what they're doing and just doesn't really fit the part. It just looks fake. Mm-hmm. This one has a very uh, genuine look to it. The mm. conversation between this woman and the person that you can't see, you see the back of the head, really seems like I am generally interested in making sure that my service is better. Yes. And that's what I, the thing I'm trying to put across. The other thing is she's not distractingly beautiful. And I know a lot of women hate when they see that. Mm. Uh, this is my experience from my last job is whenever we put, uh, I would always talk to my manager about it. He's, he said, never put too beautiful of a woman <laughs> in the photos. They always get rejected by our female clients. Uh, I don't know if it makes them feel uncomfortable or something, uh-huh. but I'm like, if we're going to send this out to our audience, mm-hmm. I don't want them just to look at that and go, oh, who's this? Well, yeah. Delete. <laughs> yeah. I want them actually to look at it and go, well. This and, is kind of interesting. Yeah, and what, what meaning am I supposed to get from this email and this work? Like, am I just supposed to be staring at this one person? Or is this supposed to be like, oh, hey, you can help us improve our service. Exactly. Yeah, so then I was telling Marsha, it's like, well, maybe she's a single mom just recently. <laughs> and, and you know, she doesn't have time to comb her hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think people's definition of unkempt ha- unkept hair is a little bit different, too. Like, kind of the, you know, it wasn't, like, perfectly quaffed and, like, all just straight and in an exact angle. It was kind of a little bit of a, like, messy wave there. So now the punchline. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I sent her another image, and can you please describe it after you're done giggling? So... It is in the company color. Very yep. good there. Yep. It's just a comb. A very large comb. Yep. <laughs> and it says, help us improve our service to you. There you go. <laughs> I said, would this be better? <laughs> did she laugh? <laughs> she did. So okay. you're very funny. So that's the fun of graphic design. That's the humor that I like in you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is you can take something like that situation and be like, well, you know what? Here's a comb. Eat that. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're. St- I'm still kind of trying to work my sense of humor. Like I know this is even at the lab party I went with you mm-hmm. at uh, last, last couple week. of days ago, right? Yeah. Recently. Um, I don't want to come across as rude and I know I mm-hmm. do sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's not that I'm rude. It's just like I don't actually care that much. Well, and I think my... My lab did describe you as being someone, I forget how they exactly put it, but it was something along the lines as, Pete knows how to use sarcasm well. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad that they took what you were saying, that it had a, a grain of salt with it. And oh it was in a sarcastic manner as opposed to just flat yeah, out. Yeah, so what, basically at this lab meeting, <laughs> a lot of them had come to your defense, your PhD defense, mm-hmm. 
and they're like, hey, do you remember me? Or, <laughs> or I think we're just like introducing myself. Mm -hmm. And I think someone was like, well, do you remember me? I said, no, you're not very rememberable. Or yeah. I think I forgot all about you, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then someone else was like, ooh, burn. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean. And then I said, well, I don't remember you either, so. <laughs> and then someone else said, I'm not going to even comment and say yeah. that I was there because I don't want to be forgotten. Yeah. Um, but it was really just you trying to say, look, like, I wasn't there to remember everybody's face and name. Yeah. I, I'm sure I shook your hand. I, I guess somebody else in that position might be like overly apologetic about it and be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. That's not me, but that's not you. <laughs> no. And, and this is the thing I was trying to explain to Marsha is mm -hmm. like, I'm not hurt that you don't like the image. Mm -hmm. I, I can totally change it. But let me just explain why <laughs> I picked this one and maybe explain why you seem a little crazy right now. So she's going to share it with our, our supervisor, our lead. And okay. uh, I'm curious to hear the results. The comb or the person? <laughs> the person. The person, the actual person. In the well, I like that you have kind of a team so that when you have these... Um, Ridiculous situations. Yes, that you can pull it to the team and be like, what do you think about this person? Unkept mm -hmm. hair or kept hair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. if you have unkept hair and would like to share a story about it, send us an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. And we'd like to thank Field Processor for their music. You can catch them live on Twitch on Friday evenings at 10 p.m. And all the information about them can be found at fieldprocessor.com. Yes. So that was a, a great podcast. Quite lengthy, too. I enjoyed that. I think it's going to be very cool if I have other job interviews or even take this job mm. that I can look back and hear all about it. Time capsule, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, so until next time. Take one more for the, for the road. road.